Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. Respect his decision. Um, everybody has the right to have their own views on what's going on with the social uh, injustice and um, the way that they want to approach it and uh, attack this problem. And everybody has their right to try to keep their family safe from this pandemic. So I would respect his decision. I would not try to talk anybody out of what their decision is because at the end of the day, that is, you know, that's theirs and that's what they own and that's how they feel. That's Eddie House, former NBA player, respects Avery Bradley for opting out. Avery has a six-year-old who's had issues with, uh, has had respiratory issues and problems bouncing back from them. So a couple more players testing positive. Jabari Parker, the Kings, center Alex Len, both tested positive. So did Indiana Pacers guard Malcolm Brogdon. He says he's feeling good, anticipates rejoining his team. So did the other guys. Great news. Knicks president Leon Rose says he intends to have the franchise's next head coach in place by the end of July. He says we're looking at a lot of different people with a lot of different mindsets and philosophies. The Knicks, of course, famously have won one playoff series in 20 years. They've got a lot to change in that organization to get back on track. Yeah, but watch out for this year. They're going to make a strong playoff run. This is it. <laughs> They're not even going to Orlando. Still. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I would say I had maybe one or two days where I felt symptoms. And even then, it wasn't too bad. I, I had a cough and uh, a little bit of shortness of breath. But uh, now I would say I feel, feel, feel good. I feel normal. That's Ezekiel Elliott, the Cowboys running back, diagnosed with coronavirus 10 days ago. Did a, he was speaking on a Twitch feed. Says he's feeling better. So good for him, too. Even better news. Yeah, I think that's what we see when the younger folks, you know, I've been listening to some people. Clay Travis, who comes on before us, his big thing is for the younger people to stay away from the older people. Don't visit your parents if they're older. Don't visit your grandparents, who likely obviously are older. And by older, I mean 60 or over. And so that's his big thing is the young folk will get it. But like Ezekiel Elliott, they'll be fine. Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott's Cowboys, scheduled to play the Pittsburgh Steelers in the NFL Hall of Fame game, but there are reports now that that game's scheduled for August 6th, about six weeks away, uh, that it is going to be postponed, and the, the uh, well, it'll be canceled, and the Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony on August 8th has been postponed due to concerns over the pandemic. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. BYU sophomore cornerback Isaiah Heron announced he's going to stay at BYU after originally opting to transfer. He said the reason I wanted to leave BYU was due to the current climate in America in regards to racial injustice and the killing of unarmed black men and women. I felt a historically black college was the best place I could help tackle these injustices because of the culture and locations of the schools. With a little more time to think, I've made the decision to stay here at BYU. I realized I can have an impact in this state by opening eyes here and help other African-Americans to Utah because of the small amount of diversity that's here. I'm looking forward to using my opportunities here to make a positive impact. 
We were just talking about this yesterday with players take off, and the guy we're using as an example of this is if this if this could become a trend. Well, not with him. He's staying put, PK. So BYU with one more defensive back as they gear up for this season. Yeah, that's good for the football team. But I found that interesting, uh, the, his statement, you know, ra- rather than go to the story black, historically black colleges where obviously the overwhelming amount of uh, students there are, are black. Uh, I mean, that goes without saying. And here, when you think about it, it makes sense. I think this is huge news for you know, the football team. It's nice. But the fact that this young man decided to stay here where he could have the impact. You know, if you're socially inclined, because not everyone is, but if you are, that's a selling point that I think BYU might be able to use. Because, yeah, you'd have to think this young man, he's got his head on straight, you know, listening to him uh, or reading his statement. And, uh, wow, that's a real powerful statement. And to think that he thought this through, obviously, you know, he said something earlier and then he rethought, continued to think on it. And it's come to the conclusion that this is where he can make a, a bigger difference. Uh, I think that's that's awesome. There's an expression I heard. Uh, I've heard uh, people a generation older than me throw around. I don't know if it's used as much by our generation. Maybe right on. Groovy. No. no. Grow where you're planted. Power to the people. Grow where you're planted, PK. Oh, well, I was brought, uh, don't bleep where you eat. It's probably good advice, too. I mean, realistically, that wasn't what I was getting at. But Isaiah choosing to grow where he's planted there, I guess. Uh, West Virginia defensive coordinator, former Wyoming coach Vic Koning, has issued, uh, quote, a sincere apology to both KJ and the entire WVU family. Close quote. On social media yesterday, after he was placed on administrative leave following being accused of mistreating Wright and making insensitive comments, a lengthy, lengthy social media post by Martin. So, administrative leave in the summer. We'll see how this translates for the season. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. We saw today a statement from Jim Crane of the Houston Astros owner and uh, saying that he hopes to, at some point in time, play in front of some fans. Now, we don't know when or how many, but uh, it is, uh, I think, at this point in time, premature to say that all teams will play before no fans all season. John Rossi from Fox Sports. Uh, makes sense to me, PK. If you're in a ballpark with 40,000 people, you can get some people in there, no matter what the small number is. Uh, the number can be debated endlessly and... You know, the business side will have to figure out how to get people in and out of the stadiums. That would seem to be uh, part of the problem. And, you know, how do you get to handle concessions if you open them up and restrooms? But 40,000 seat stadium, you ought to be able to get some people in there and socially distance. And some money is better than none. So I expect that's what we'll see. Me too. Win totals are out now that we know we're going to have a 60 game season. Vegas and the gambling industry, quick to provide those. Dodgers and Yankees, their uh, over-under total set at 38 and a half. That's about a 102-103 win pace right there, short, of course, to the 60-game season. Feel like the Dodgers and Yankees are 103-win teams? Is that number too high? Too much hype? Too many fans in big markets betting that up, and that's unrealistic. It's 103 historically. That's an enormous win total. Uh, what did they have last year? I know the Yankees had a lot of injuries last year. You know, health obviously factors into it, but what did they have last year? 
I will get that number for you. I do not have that off the top of my head. Because I don't think either team is worse than they were last year. That's my point. Last year, the... uh, Hold on. Okay, I got time. (laughs) Last year, the Yankees hit right at 103. The Dodgers were at 106. Yeah. So ballpark, that's good enough. Yeah, I, I would. that's what I thought, yeah. I mean, I knew it was over 100. I know it was 102, 104, whatever it might be. But I, I don't see them worse. But, yeah, injuries factor into it. So we can sit here and we can sit here in June when we're weeks away from the start of the season. Never thought I'd say that. Uh, but uh, that's where we're at. And you never know who's going to be hurt and how this season's going to play out that way, that way because that can make a, a huge difference. Uh, but if, the, if health remains, then, yeah, I can argue that those are the two best teams. Uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Houston now that they got to play fair and square. My guess is they'll still be very good. Uh, but they, they did lose Cole as a pitcher, and the Yankees got Cole as a pitcher, and he's really good. So in that way, to think, how in the world can you see them being worse? And the, and the Dodgers got Mookie Betts as a, a player, and he's really good. So how in the world can I see them being worse from last year? If all things being equal, I don't see either team being worse. So you got a group of eight teams at the top, which if the odds makers are right, Dodgers, Yankees, Astros, Twins, Braves, Athletics, Rays, Nationals would all be playoff teams that are all slotted at 33 and a half wins or more. They always put it at the half, so there's no push on the bet there. So there, there's the top eight. Now, if you're wondering what the scramble from the wild card would look like, they've got three more teams at 32 and a half, and then eight teams, no, nine teams at 31 and a half. So they've got everyone compressed just a little bit above 500 in a wild battle for those last two playoff spots. Yeah, I can see that. And baseball is interesting in that way where, you know, they play obviously the most games of any sport. So there's a, a variance of being up and down. And we can't forget that the World Series winner, what were they, 19 and 31? Yeah. Something like that they after were. 50 that's a, games? That's I mean, exactly what the Nationals were. I mean, that's, you'd think, oh my gosh, and well, they lost Bryce Harper, so, you know, it makes sense. And it did for a while, but this is a sport that truly is the marathon, as they say. So things happen, and you can get hot, you can get healthy, all those types of things. Individual players can f- figure it out, even if the team is doing okay. Now, Washington's a stream example because the team was slumping badly after 50 games. And look what they did. You know, who cares about uh, May when in October you're hoisting the trophy? And that's all that matters. So how will that play out this year with the condensed 60-game schedule? We've never had anything like it, so it's hard to say. But it'll make sure it'll make for some interesting storylines once we get started. Well, four four teams on thirty three wins, three on thirty two, and then the nine on thirty one. So that's a lot of teams bunched right in there. Uh, the Bees Parent Club, the Angels, is one of the teams on thirty one. Uh, the Diamondbacks, the Padres, the Red Sox, the Cubs, the White Sox. So a lot of teams all wedged in there together. The uh, the teams are giving up hope on. Uh, Tigers and Orioles are the worst with just yeah. 21 and a half wins. Oh, sure. Yeah, no hope for those guys. They also have the Marlins, Royals, Mariners, Giants, and Pirates all at 25 or worse. So those are the teams that uh, 
the gamblers seem to be writing off here uh, early in the year. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Well, Joe Ingles is coming up at 8.30. Joe got a later uh, practice time slot, apparently. We tend to catch him on the uh, on the way to the... Bowler kind of jinxed himself on this yesterday. Facility for the workout. Bowler said, give me 8.30, and then Joe plugged in 8.30. He and said, Bowler unless back. Joe wants 8.30, I'll do 8.30. And then Joe says, I went 8.30. So I told Bowler, hey, you got to move. Ingles at 8.30. man. I got some serious bones to pick with Ingles. <laughs> the, the love affair is over. The honeymoon is over. Now it's... <laughs> The gloves have come off, or they come on. I forget what the, that expression is, off or on. But either way, Ingles and I, we're going to go at it. I'm just going to unload today. I've had it with them. Craig Bolojack at 9 o'clock. Joe Ingles' social media post. they got so many likes. will be a topic at 8. Oh, I'm, I'm going at him strong. It's it's talent, time to put all our grievances out on the table. Look forward to that. All right, we got a question up on Facebook. Donovan Mitchell, what is his ceiling? How much better can he get? We will get to that coming up. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. G League Coach of the Year, the head coach of the Salt Lake City Stars, Martin Schiller. So, Coach, what are you going to do to celebrate? I think I'm going to drink some whiskey and smoke a cigar. All right. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> How do you like living in Utah? I liked it from the first second on. No complaints on my end. Have you found any good Spetzla in yeah. Salt Lake City? Or maybe some uh, Wiener Schnitzel? Wir sind alle in die gleiche Super. Yes, yes, yes. We, we say that, yeah. And man muss das Leben eben nehmen, so wie das Leben eben Fantastic. Wouldn't you know, Gordon's been telling us all these years he knows German and he's not full of it. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and BK, brought to you in part by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction is guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. Question of the morning, Donovan Mitchell, what is his ceiling? PK, it sounds pretty weird to say a guy who's scoring 24 points a game hasn't hit his ceiling yet, but it's clear there's upside there to be had. Doesn't seem like he's hit his ceiling yet. He can shoot more free throws. They can uh, get him more three-point shots. Locke will be on tomorrow, and he'll tell us more about uh, – open catch at threes and how uh, Donovan just crushes those, but he's not getting that many of them. So it seems pretty clear there's upside, and I think there's also upside as a playoff performer. The more series you're in, the more teams you play, the more experience you get, you see everything someone can throw at you, and you get better at handling it. Having played three playoff series in his first two years in the league, he's bound to get more experience and get better in, uh, in that area. Is he? Is he bound? I don't think anything is just guaranteed just because you get older. I think you got to get better. You got to improve. I don't think age just makes better. I always say that with college. Well, they've got uh, X amount of seniors coming back. Well, if they weren't good as juniors or they weren't good enough as juniors, that doesn't necessarily make them better as seniors. It can, but it doesn't necessarily. Now, for Donovan, I believe he'll get better. 
because he'll get better, not because he'll get older. Uh, we see in this league, and really in pro sports, you know, three years into it, uh, they're they're all usually a lot of times they are very young, uh, but they still have to find ways to get better. I mean, you look at the NFL, and we've seen it plenty of times, particularly with quarterbacks. Guys get older when you think they would they should be getting better, but they don't. And for whatever reason, you know, Winston and, and Newton are, are ones out of the league right now. I think they'll get back in. And one's a backup on a million-dollar deal. And those are both former number one picks. And their age would indicate that there shouldn't be a decline whatsoever. So I can't just say that just because he gets older, he's going to get better. It doesn't necessarily always work that way. You know, what can he get better at and how good can he become? And is he someone who could lead you to where everybody wants to go? Those are questions that obviously will be answered over time, and I look forward to watching them. You know, how good can he be? Can he be the best on a Western Conference final team? Is that possible? Those questions to me are harder to answer. Can he get better as he hit his ceiling? Uh, I think the answer is uh, yes, he can get better. No, he has not hit his ceiling. Sure. Now, the, the, the teams that are going deep in the playoffs, it seems like it's not so much about who has the best player. It's about who can put together the best couple of players. And sometimes the answer to those is just the same thing. You know, if your star player is that good. Western Conference Finals, ooh, debatable. It's good you set the bar there because I don't think there's an easy answer to that. Well, that's the goal. That That's the next level for them, so that'll be the goal until they make it. And then once they make it, then the, the bar will get reset after that because everybody always wants a little more. Well, yeah, but you got to get there first, and they haven't gotten there. So let's get there and see how good you are. Can he be the best player? Every team has a best player. Just it's the way it is. Right. The junior high has a best player. So every team has one. So, yes, he can be the best player on his team. That's a fact, right? I don't, I don't think most folks would argue that. Can he be the best player on his team? It's the Jazz right now. Yes, I think he can. You can argue he already is. So going forward, can he be the best player on a team that gets to the Western Conference Final? Be a team in a Western Conference Final, and it hasn't always been this case, but a lot of times, you I would say off the top of my head without researching numbers, that if you get to the Western Conference Final, you're a legitimate contender to get to the NBA Final. Now, not always. You go back to the one year the Jazz swept the Lakers. The Lakers were not mature enough at that time to get to where they would eventually get to, and they got there. Whether they needed just simply maturity, they needed Phil Jackson, whatever it might be, they needed better role players. We'll go back, and you know, it doesn't matter anymore because they got to where they wanted to go and won, won three straight. Usually, though, when you're in that position, you can be considered a, a, a decent contender. Even Houston who played the Warriors in Western Conference Finals and didn't get there, I think you'd have to agree that they were a contender. They didn't get to the NBA Finals, obviously, but I think they were a contender. So when I look at Mitchell, can he be that player? Can he be the best player on that team that is in the Conference Final 
and is a serious contender at least to go six games in a series to get to the NBA Finals. I think he can be. So can be, I would agree. Will be, do we want to guarantee it? Because I agree with you. Can be, yes. See, I think that's where what you just said is where it plays into and is the critical component. What you just said a couple minutes ago, best players. You know, you got you got him. Now, who's helping him? Because I, you, I think they've got the piece in him. Who's helping him? That's, that's where. If you could have got this year, say you have Mitchell. Let's go next year. We'll go next year. For for example, because Bogdanovich will be back, right? So let's go next year. And I got Conley playing as well. Now this may be this is just may just be a theory, and it's not actually going to happen. Let's just for argument's sake say it and get your thought on this. So I got Conley next year playing as well as he's ever played in the NBA, which is not preposterous. Now it hasn't happened here so far. In this season with the Jazz, we would all agree with that. But let's just say, you know, a year in the system and all that stuff. So he goes in the next year, and he responds with the best year that he's had. And everybody else does what they do. And you can assume Gobert and Mitchell get a little bit better. And obviously they're going to add somebody. We don't know who it is, but not everyone is going to come back, right? So with that in mind, could you see them being in the Western Conference Final. Depending on what everybody else did, does LeBron drop off? Right now, I would bet against it. It's possible. If LeBron were to have a big drop-off, which I know ought to happen, but I'm just not really ready to go out on the end of the limb and say, it's going to happen next year. He's already pushed, uh, pushed the expiration date further back than I think most people expected. So I don't want to say uh, next year's the year LeBron's going to have a big drop-off. But if LeBron were to have a big drop-off, it opens up who's the next best team. Yeah, to your theory, it could be the Jazz. Now, it could be the Nuggets. It could be the Rockets. You know, we'll have to see who, what kind of offseason moves are made. And, you know, internal development, I know people roll their eyes when they, they hear that, but it's going to be so important in the next year because most teams are going to be capped out. There's going to be uh, maybe some guys can move on veteran exceptions and that kind of stuff. But the combination of everybody was already pretty much capped out. There wasn't going to be much movement in this offseason anyway, combined with the pandemic hits and they're not playing games in front of fans. I mean, the, the cap's bound to go down. We just don't know how much. So, yes, there's a path there. Absolutely. Uh, but I wouldn't the, the only team I'd feel really strongly about and you've always got injuries as a total wild card. But the only team I'd feel strongly about next year in the conference finals, I would think the Clippers are built for it. Uh, you could connect. You could you could build a scenario where the Lakers are, and you can also build one where the Lakers are not. And if the Lakers are not, then you can build scenarios for the Jazz, the Rockets, and the Nuggets. So yeah, absolutely, it's in play. It's like you said, for the sake of argument, a lot of stuff has to line up. And I think this is what we were talking about probably two months ago. Is Philosophically, and I have to believe the Jazz are talking about this at a much deeper level than any of us are. They've got the analytics, plus they've all got their own personal theories. Is it the right way to build with an offensive-minded guy and a defensive-minded guy as your two most expensive players? If you give Rudy 
40, well, I don't know. I don't know what the Supermax is going to be when they recalibrate it for all the money they've lost, but 40-ish. You know, if Rudy gets that Supermax and you're fully committed to him financially, is that the way to go? Because there are teams that get there by doing what the league is doing, only doing it better. What the league is doing right now is emphasizing offense, more offense, more three-pointers, and the Jazz moved in that direction with the roster moves they made a year ago. Do they fully commit to that and move Rudy? And if you do, who can you get back and how good are they? And maybe more than the philosophy, maybe that practical reality, well, who can we get back and how good are they drives this decision. But is it better to do what the league is doing and try to do it better? Or is it better when everybody's going one way, you go the other? Let's not have two offensive-minded guys, right? Let's have an offensive-minded guy and a defensive-minded guy and we'll beat the league by doing something differently. And they got to decide that because when you make that decision with Rudy, you know, you're making a multi-year commitment and you know, you're rolling the dice for a long period of time. And I think that's where this playoff hurts them because you know, they want to get some info back, some data back, and really see, okay, are we progressing as these guys get older? It's what you said earlier. Not everybody who gets older gets better. A lot of good NBA players do get better as they get older. How much better are we getting as a group? Should we continue on this path or not? And they're going to get some answers in Florida, presumably. But how much do you really trust those answers? Because it's going to be this one-off scenario with, you know, no travel and living in a bubble. And the teams have been off for three months. How good of a read are you really going to get? Not just on yourself, but on the competition you're up against. You know, I I don't think either one of us has a good answer for that right now. But they're going to have to come up with an answer nonetheless. What read do they need? Do they get bounced in the first round? Are they overmatched and small ball beats them? Or uh, this combination of defensive-oriented plus a bunch of role players who are high-end role players who can shoot the three can take these teams apart. Maybe they look much better against the Rockets this year than they looked last year. That kind of read. Or, you know, whoever they run into. The, the Thunder, and if they beat the Thunder, and then they get the Clippers or the Lakers. But that read, how well do they perform in the in the postseason? When I mean, I, I mean, I think got sixty some games of reading. They do, and they do, Gobert, and that's there. You've got three, four years of reading, and that's helpful to a point. But playoff basketball is different, and these guys, as they get older, should be getting better. And they've reconfigured the roster around these two guys, so I think that's some of the info they need. Yeah, I'd be awfully reluctant to get rid of an all-star. Yeah. You better get an all-star back. I agree. And that alone could drive the decision. You know, who can you get back? You know, who's the best player you can get for that money, either through free agency or a trade? Yeah, I don't think you're going to get anybody close to Gobert's caliber. Um, to me, that decision is uh You think it's a slam dunk? Bank. Done deal? Yeah. They'll, they'll give him the extension for sure? better? I mean, those caliber players in the history of the league don't move to places like Utah. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, a free agent, uh, I don't don't see that. That would be awesome if they could, and it would be groundbreaking, but you've already got a proven commodity here. Uh, I would be reluctant to just cast it aside because, oh, we got to try something different. Man, I don't like going to, to because, well, it's time to change things up. I hate to change things up. If you think you can get better, great. Have at it. But 
changing things up to change things up drives me nuts. That's not a plan. That's just tossing stuff up in the wind and see where it lands and then pick up the pieces there. I mean, we, we see it so much with these coaching changes that are just constant. Two years here, a year there, maybe three years. And, and I mean, it seems like coaches don't even get three years anymore. That, that just doesn't lead to anywhere. All that leads is to just a, a more mediocrity. It's like uh, teenagers having kids. The more you keep doing that and you're in poverty, what's going to happen? The cycle of poverty continues. Probably, yes. <laughs> yes. And you just you got to get away from that, man. Now, there's exceptions to every rule. So all you folks out there who want to jump on me for that, go ahead. But that stuff just perpetuates itself. And if you want to break it, you got to get out of that. Here, don't be changing just because, well, it's time to change. No, change and make moves if you think they're the right stuff. I've got no problem with that. So my guess, and it's just that, would that Gobert would be with this team for a long time because can they get anybody better? Uh, not to say they can't if they make a move. Same thing with Mitchell. You get somebody better than Mitchell, I'm not married to Donovan Mitchell. These guys are players. They're commodities. They get paid a ton of money to play ball in whatever location they're in. And that's just who they are and, and in that respect. And... You know, some people, that that's the cold, harsh reality of it. But that's the way I view it. None of these guys are my friends. None of them will ever be my friends. It's about what can they do for the team to help them win. And if you can get somebody better than who you have, absolutely, go ahead and do it. I just don't know that it's realistic. And so you ask yourself, is Mitchell your guy? Right now, it looks like Mitchell is your guy. And you're going to rise to whatever levels he can take you. And that's the exciting part because he's wildly talented, and he's just barely getting started. And I would think that he wants to be an elite-level player because he's putting himself out there now. And once you put yourself out there, you've got to be comfortable in doing it. That's the great thing about him doing the social media is that he's getting more comfortable putting himself out there. Now, is it just going to be politically? Because what he's saying now, it's safe. You know, he's going to get some blowback. All right, fine. You're, you're, no matter what, you're going to get some blowback. But LeBron can do these things, and he's going to get the hardcore conservative that's going to blow back. But he's going to get all sorts of praise with it because what he's saying politically is basically the politically correct thing to say now. So in a sense, I don't want to say it's easy, but it is something that he's going to get praise for. So going forward with Mitchell, he's dabbling in this stuff now. He's not to the level of LeBron. And the, what I'm getting at, if, if he's going to continue along that path, I think from a franchise standpoint, that's good. Because then you'd have to think that he would try to seek his influence in other areas. You can't just say, well, man, I like that they put a mural there and stop at that. You wouldn't think. You would think that as he gets more comfortable doing these types of things that he is going to maybe look at the team and then start, Now, I don't want to use the word or the phrase call out players, but show leadership that way. 
And it, that can be calling him out can be a, a form of uh, through uh, a positive way. It just doesn't have to be negative. So the point being, if he's going to take ownership of his feelings here that he's put out on Twitter, I'd like to see him continue along that path and take ownership of the Jazz because that's going to make them better. And that's an exciting opportunity that he has as he continues to mature, and he's still only 23 years old. Well, I think where people really want to see the leadership, and you're right, he's still only 23, but as he gets older, does he recruit players, especially younger players? Now, when you're one of the younger players in the league, you can't really recruit younger players, but that's something that changes. better players. Yeah, that's something that changes over time. Maybe maybe you can. Maybe you can recruit vets uh, now, and if he can do that... Uh, that'd be a big deal. Right. Does he? What you want is a really, really good player to be the strongest voice in the locker room. And I use the locker room as sort of a generic term. And I'm the leader of this team. And I'm going to set the example. And this is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to get there. I see this as a positive and you know he's taken some heat for some of the stuff that he's written uh, you know um, that he said I mean I guess he's written it out on Twitter rather than saying it I don't know maybe he has said it but it's been more of the social media stuff you know I I, I wrote about it and the, the 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 KSL website I'm looking at it where we get it I usually get a ton of response hope Mitchell gets traded I no longer support him or pro sports with my wallet uh, he lost me as a fan. I watch sports to escape politics. Mitchell has brought politics into sports along with spreading misinformation. Uh, count this used-to-be fan out. Well, so he's getting that, right? You're getting a whole lot of stuff that's negative. But you're also getting positive. So where does he go? Because he set the bar now. If he continues to speak politically... Well, it's not going to be a surprise. If you even view this as politically, some people may not, but we'll just use that word as sort of an umbrella word. My guess is that he's going to continue to do this. This is not a one-off, that he's going to continue. And when we get down to Orlando, if he has the opportunity, or maybe he even creates the opportunity on his own to say stuff. Well, from a Jazz perspective, if I'm a fan of the team, even if I don't like the message... Like some of these people that I just read and some of their responses, they don't like the message. Where does it go from here? Because if he becomes the dominant figure along with his talent and he continues to improve, he's got the potential to be an all-NBA caliber player, I believe. And then he becomes the leader, and I think that attracts like-minded people to him. And that, to me could end up being good for the team. So all you folks who are saying get rid of him, I I'm I don't I disagree with his politics. Well, the reason why you probably want him to get rid you want him to be gone in the first place is that you're a jazz fan. And so you care and you don't like what he's saying. Well, actually what he's saying from a ball club perspective and competitive perspective can help your team. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Joe Ingles coming up at 8.30. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. 
This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Spencer Cox, the Lieutenant Governor of the State of Utah. Let's talk a little bit about the Jazz in regards to that social unrest. And Donovan Mitchell on Instagram and on Twitter receives comments coming back at him. When you saw some of those responses, what went through your mind? Look, it breaks my heart, but at the same time, I think proves the point, right? We like to imagine that, yeah, this is stuff that happened 40 years ago. We're over this. We're a different place. We're better than this. And while we've certainly made some strides, you see those types of comments and you hear that kind of feedback and it makes everything that Donovan is saying real. It is out there. And what I hear from black men all the time is that they're tired of this burden and carrying it. It's time for us to step up and carry that burden for them. And I'm just glad we have somebody like Donovan who's speaking out. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. With a little extra time on your hands, it's time to talk about what we're doing to kill time. What did you watch last night with DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network? Too much time on my hands. Too much time on my DJ and PK brought to you in part by Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. All right, PK, channel surfing. You find anything good out there? Oh, I watched the Australian game on ESPN so I can load up on my ammunition when we get to Ingles. I no longer call him Joe. He's Ingles to me. <laughs> Which and Australian were, game did you watch? Well, it was about sport, and uh, it was basically what's what has gone on in their country as far as uh, racial discrimination. And what do they call them? The uh, indigenous, how do you say that word? Indigenous people. Indigenous people. Yes. Yeah. And uh, they had uh, one of them, uh, uh, an Australian rules football player by the name of Adam Goodis good and then yes on and it sort of went through some of the uh trials and tribulations that he has had to face and he was a big time player in that particular sport and uh you know the australia days I get, we can ask joe about this but i think the australia days basically are july 4th and they have it in january which would fit with their summer yeah and the protests that were involved there stuff that it, I related to what Joe was saying when he talked about, because we've asked him, I think it was last week or the week before, about him following the news of all the stuff that's going on in our country. And obviously he didn't grow up here, so he's learning a lot more than he would have known because he didn't grow up here. And he didn't come. He really didn't come. I'm sure he'd probably been in the States before this. But as far as being a, a, a resident and a professional player, it wasn't until six years ago. So he had had 25, 26, 27 years living in other parts of the world. Probably had been here somewhere along the line. Hoops had probably taken him here at some point. But to be here day to day as he is now, learning this stuff. Now, I just watched a, some television and just got a snippet of it. Joe was learning it. He's getting it. You know, he's, I don't maybe he was on a protest. I don't know. But he's watching it and he's reading about it and he's living it in a manner that he wouldn't have lived or been able to live, experience it, unless you're here. And so I was watching that 
stuff that I really didn't know about myself because I've never been to Australia. You know, you just you, know, you go to school and you and you just get cursory information about what's going on there and their way of life. And so I was watching some of that to just to get more educational experience and stuff that I really had no idea about. Interesting stuff. We can talk about that with Joe. He's going to be here at 8.30 this morning. Uh, we got a little bit of, uh, well, it's not news breaking. It's more opinion breaking here, PK. We can hit this in our next segment if you want. Brett McMurphy, who we've had on the show before, and he's covered college sports for a long time for uh, multiple outlets. He's with Stadium right now. Says, uh, based on his career hirings at Buffalo and UCF, at UCF, Danny White is ranked as Stadium's number one non-Power 5 AD uh, by Goodman Hoops and myself. Danny White? Uh, Not that Danny White, though. Danny White, yes. (laughs) You're Danny White. No. Uh, Rounding out the top five, Todd Stewart at Western Kentucky, BYU's Tom Holmo, Utah State's John Hartwell, and Arkansas State's uh, AD Terry Mohajir. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but uh, there you go. So uh, Utah State and BYU both getting a shout-out. We can get to that coming up. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.